Six monsters return, led by a Star Wars destroyer ripoff to fight a gang of fan-driving space women. It's Gamera Super Monster. return uh-huh isn't yep. it seven if you count camera yeah yeah <laughs> this is true <laughs> <laughs> this is true but i'm thinking six enemy monsters return oh because we know gamera is going to be in it because the the film is called gamera super monster he is the super monster See, I just kept waiting right. for Super Monster to show up. I never saw him. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, maybe Super Monster was Xanon. Mm, maybe. We never did mm. see him, did we? No. But anyway, welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. We are trying our best to stay alive here at the bargain basement of the Kaiju Broadcasting Airwaves. Mm. How are you doing, Alex? Oh, Eric. I'm doing well. The basement down here is nice and dirty. It's filthy. Mm, mm-hmm. Just At least like, it's a bargain. That's right. Bargain. It is a bargain. So you get what you pay for. <laughs> and uh, jo- <laughs> joining you today is none other than Kalara herself, a.k.a. Eric, over here <laughs> on this end from my basement. Yeah, pretty. Uh, she's pretty cool, actually. I was, uh... She is actually really cool. I'm not even going to lie. One of one of the surprises because I really didn't know much. I had about no this idea movie. about this movie. Clara is a pleasant surprise. Like this, she is a delight. <laughs> let's say that, Alex. She is a delight. Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hey, but before we jump in, before we jump in to the film, we do have our wives. Are returning they, they've come back mm-hmm. and they're going to join us for our awards but before we get into the film you want to say something alex yeah i just wanted to you know thank all of our listeners for listening giving us the time of day you know it's sometimes the bargain basement is easily over overlooked and i just appreciate everybody listening but uh, what would really help us out the most is maybe some reviews on itunes or something like that because that really spreads the word around right now. It's pretty hard to find us on, if you go through like the Apple iTunes app, it's kind of hard to find our podcast unless you type our name in. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I think that would help us reach a wider audience because we've had a blast engaging with our community online on Twitter and our Patreon. And I think it'd be even more fun if we got an even bigger community to interact with. Yeah. No, I agree. That was kind of a backhanded compliment that you just gave Alex. You, you're saying, I love you all listeners. But you ain't enough. But come on, give us a review on iTunes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Come on. <laughs> come on. No, hey, and you don't, even have to, you don't even have to leave kind words. You can just uh, put five stars and walk away. Now, if you want to put five stars and say, this podcast rocks or something like Alex is my favorite, those are both totally acceptable written reviews. That <laughs> you could also say Kalara is my favorite, and we would love that as well. Mm, yeah, 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but without further ado, Alex, why don't you start us off with the film introduction today? Yeah, so we finally arrived at the infamous final movie of the Showa era, Gamera Super Monster. Now, did the space woman leave you enchanted, Eric, or is your view of this film predictably slanted? Ooh, well, here's the deal, Alex. I have heard now since we started this podcast about how bad Gamera Super Monster is. Haven't we all? And here's the thing. Super Monster is not a great movie, <laughs> but I also don't understand all this hate that it gets. And I'm not trying to have a hot take here. And it feels weird to be saying that something isn't terrible might be considered a hot take, mm-hmm. but this movie isn't terrible. <laughs> I'll talk about a few aspects, better aspects of it in a minute, but let me get a couple aspects of that negativity out of the way right here at the start. Obviously we don't have much new monster content. Uh, Hardly any. We get a few shots of Gamera. Yeah, which, right? which are horrendous. Uh, look, which look terrible. <laughs> Macy's Day and Gamera. That's a shame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that's a shame for all of us <laughs> who have watched these films back to back to back. Also, you know, I can see how parts of this film with the relationships between Kichi and the Space Woman and Garuge, they could easily be taken the wrong way, right? Like the Space Woman drive around in a van and invite Kichi <laughs> to join them in their van. It, it gets a little strange if you think about it too hard. Mm. But ultimately, I found their relationship to be innocent and enduring. And I think what we also have to keep in mind, and I want to say this at the start here, is that Dai Studios went bankrupt, right? They declared bankruptcy in 1971 after Gamera versus Zegra. <laughs> now, they were resurrected in 74, but they didn't make like a studio picture, I believe, if my facts are correct, until this movie, Alex. This is like the first movie they could afford to make. And obviously, they could barely afford to make this film. So to say that you also didn't have a budget to create this film, it's kind of like saying, well, as you can see, Gamera resembles a turtle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think a lot like you just said, this studio was resurrected. This film feels like something that was re- resurrected, more like a more like a Frankenstein of just a bunch of different parts, but kind of like, or I guess, sorry, like Frankenstein's monster with a bunch of different parts. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I almost, ooh, I almost committed an ultimate sin there, Eric. Um, yeah, for an English movie. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like Frankenstein's monster, though, this movie kind of works. <laughs> part of me enjoyed it and part of me aborted it but i will say i don't quite understand the hate for it and i'm gonna i'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant here uh and i think a lot of people are gonna disagree with me maybe some will actually kind of see my points but remember i can't do a dissertation on this but this is i don't think this is like all monsters attack egregious in terms of use footage and I know that kind of sounds ridiculous. And, you know, maybe it is. But I think that Super Monster was actually more creative with its stock footage than All Monsters Attack was. Mm-hmm. It was edited in a way that completely changes the original movie's vision. And, yeah, there's mm-hmm. some major continuity errors during some of that editing. But I think a lot of it kind of worked. I, this is not... I don't think this is a case of all monsters attack where honestly, most of that footage didn't change 
Godzilla or Manila story, hardly at all. You know, excluding Gabra, which doesn't really add a whole lot of a new element to it. Except for the roar, which you love. Oh, the roar. It haunts my nightmares. But um, (laughs) I do think that this film uses that footage more creatively, even if it is just a clip show of various monster fights that vary from interesting to uninteresting to what is actually happening. Why are we on another planet? (laughs) (laughs) But the only problem I really had with this film is... Aside from stock footage, which I still don't really care for, is that they didn't have the foresight to shorten the runtime down like All mm-hmm. Monsters Attack did. Yeah. You know, that 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 sweet 60-minute yeah. spot or almost 70-minute spot. That, yeah. that probably would have been a good place for this. But we probably would have had other shortcomings that they had. The moments that I did like probably would have suffered if they had done that. Yeah, well, here's the thing, Alex. I know you haven't read my letterbox review because no. you don't get on your letterbox ever. I know, I'm bad. But I literally said the exact same thing about that Godzilla stock footage film that shall not be named, really? which you have named. That stock footage, yeah, that the stock footage here is actually done just as well, if not better. And it gets all the hate here and none of the hate, well, some hate, in All Monsters <laughs> Attack. Um, and you know, I think it makes sense, the stock footage here, in terms of the context of this story and the budget. Now, I'm with you. I don't think the film needs to be 90 minutes long. I don't think we need all six enemies from the show era <laughs> returning. It's too much, yeah. right? It's too much. But it is what it is. It's a shameless highlight reel of some of the best moments from the previous six films. And it tries its hardest to be coherent. So unlike Gamera versus Virus which featured stock footage that contained clips of the main adult protagonist in a completely different role, <laughs> Gamera Super Monster adapts its stock footage to fit the narrative. So, for example, the Gauss footage, you know, specifically that scene where the Gauss slices a car in half with his ray, it's adapted to fit perfectly into the nighttime city setting, while the virus and the Zyger footage here, it flows seamlessly into that daytime beach setting. Yeah. Now, does the story have to arrange itself based off its use of stock footage? Absolutely. (laughs) Right. After all, we do have organs that open up space time dimensional doorways that can transport anybody anywhere. But at the same time, you also uses the stock footage in a way that I think works. Uh, I agree. Uh, You know, the only one of those battles that really threw me for a loop was gear on. yep gear on it's like yeah. he's not even attacking yeah. earth why did you go fight him that's the one you don't need i was hoping that he wouldn't be in it because you don't need to yeah you just didn't need to leave the planet and then come back yeah right it wasn't when gamera was going off to space for the final time to right to destroy this <laughs> kill himself <laughs> <laughs> it was before that right he goes to the the enemy's planet and then comes back to fight Baragon for the final battle. You just didn't need that I, Yeah, I, I completely <laughs> agree. It was a bizarre... You could have rearranged those things and made it work. Like, he had to fight mm-hmm. Gear on yeah. to get to the final ship or something battle. like that. Yeah. Mm, maybe we should make this movie. It's a shame. Um, so, yeah. I, you know, I think I agree. The Monsters versus Men cut. <laughs> Hashtag release the MVM cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll petition... Complete with, complete with Eric transformation dances oh i like it and well, you know we'll petition arrow <laughs> to release that in their next box set um mm-hmm. but <laughs> you know i think i agree with you in just about everything you're saying uh 
I'm kind of surprised both at how positive we kind of are on this. <laughs> how is this possible? How is this happening, Alex? I don't know. I don't. I was I was preparing for a battle to like kind of defend it a little bit uh, against your points of negativity. I know because you would think, given my history of stock footage, I would have immediately hated this thing. <laughs> yes, and I, I really I didn't hate it. Like just, I think it's because it, it just threw me for such a loop. Like it had actually decent characters in it, which <laughs> I would never have guessed. Like some of the best characters yet. It had the space women, mm-hmm. which are cool. Like, you know, they're just these completely goofy characters. But the main one, uh, what was her name? Kilara. She's actually a pretty interesting character. And then we get the mom, who is the most interesting mom we have gotten in the <laughs> franchise so far. She's the only one that doesn't seem to hate her children, <laughs> which is kind of refreshing. And then... We also get, I mean, Kenichi. Well, I'm not a huge fan of Kenichi. Kichi. 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 I'm not a huge fan of Kichi. Um, he does waffle between being decent and kind of an annoying kid. And we also get an interesting villain arc. While kind of goofy as well, I actually liked. <laughs> I just. Yeah. No. I didn't expect these characters. I like the characters. Yeah. I mean, this is a clip show with with good characters. (laughs) Or at least decent. I'm right there with you, man. And and I'll tell you, I actually think Kichi is probably the most adorable of the kids that we've actually had so far. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a kid. But at the same time, when he's singing to his turtle, that is like the sweetest thing in the world. (laughs) (laughs) His little smile, side smile that he yes. gives his little turtle. He's named Gamera. Just absolutely precious. Yes, and his his. <laughs> I like that he's the one that makes up the theme song in it, which is really cool. Absolutely, which is already stuck in my head, and will be stuck in my head for the rest of the week because I've now watched this movie twice in the span of a couple of days, <laughs> and it's all over this. It's film. in it oh, too much. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. While we're talking about Kichi, though, here's the other thing about this movie that I think is interesting. Kind of like that other movie, that other stock footage Godzilla movie that shall not be named, mm. that you have already yes. named. This, There's a chance that this movie is really happening just in Kichi's mind, right. right? Like, Gamera doesn't exist in real life. Gamera is in, in this movie, right? Doesn't exist in, in the world of this movie. He's a fictional character. Um, now, there's, there's some pushback there. Right. There's some pushback and a couple plot points that I don't think quite support that. You know, right. like the fact that Garuge ends up in Kichi's bed is a little strange. Right. Yes. Um, but just think about the overall plot of this movie. You've got your main child protagonist adapt, adopts a pet turtle from a local pet store run by one of the three super space women, Kalara, a true heroine of both beauty and bronze. <laughs> by strength of imagination and sheer force of will, Kichi seems to transform his turtle into the friend of all children, Gamera. But we don't know if Gamera exists. Do the space women exist? Does Garuge, the alien assassin sent by Star Destroyer impersonator Xanon, exist? We don't know. No, we don't. (laughs) We don't know. But the thing, it depends on how seriously you want to take this movie. And here's the thing. You don't have to take the movie too seriously. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I, I get that vibe through the whole thing. It's like... I feel like it's a dream. I don't know if it's a dream. Doesn't matter if it's a dream. There's parts where he's dreaming, like parts yes. where things happen in his dreams. The space women are. Am I wrong in saying the space women are never seen by anybody but Kichi? Oh, 
Is that right? Is that true? I don't think they interact with anybody other than Kichi. Now, <laughs> Kalara does own a pet store, so. <laughs> yeah, she does. You know? I mean, we, but, we, we like, see Kalara interacting with other individuals uh, at the pet that's store. That's right, but, but never as a space woman. Right. Well, oh, no, wait. Right. Wait, no. It, we see the one guy on the road see the the one of the space women transform. And Kichi's mm. nowhere around mm-hmm. there. Now, it could have been his imagination. Obviously, mm-hmm. but that's something to think it's about. still whether you take it that way or not, it's still one of those potential meta narratives, right? Which I think is just an interesting layer to this movie. Yeah, and there is a message in here, I think, but I didn't, I didn't see it until the one of the final lines of the film. Uh, Kilara okay. says something. She says, uh, "Kenichi, you're a spaceman now," <laughs> and I'm like. Wait a minute. <laughs> Is this a movie about puberty? <laughs> oh. <laughs> or or growing up? And then, you know, I started thinking, like, yeah, I, I could see that. You know, I've seen someone online on Twitter. It could have been Kyoe mentioned that it was something similar to this. But I didn't buy it until I saw that line. I saw that line, and I was like, mm. wait. Okay, so he has to throw away his hopes and dreams, pretty much. <laughs> Which is Gamera. Right, he uses Gamera to destroy mm-hmm. the Star Destroyer. He see, he, all right. It's a little problematic because he's so young, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's there's there's space women all around him. Like he's surrounded by women, and then okay. at one point he wakes up with a woman in his bed, right? <laughs> and it's all played innocently, but mm-hmm. that mess that last line right there really that. It, coupled with him losing interest in Gamera fighting other monsters on the beach. So he defeats, mm-hmm. uh, before Virus comes up, he's already defeated, what was that other sand? The one he fought in the, in the water. He fought Zegra. Yeah, so he beat Zegra, and then in between, he completely loses interest in seeing monsters fight. And so that could mm-hmm. be him growing up and like losing this interest, and then him saying goodbye to Gamera is him giving up this complete interest, and then... I guess losing his mind and being flown around in cities at the end. But I think there might be something there, something. I, it's not a coherent or even like a collected grasp that I have on this message, but I feel like there's something there. <laughs> a coming of age film that is uplifting. I think that's what you're getting at. And problematic. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, without further ado, I think we've talked long enough. Let's talk to our better halves. All right. Welcome back. And this time, we've brought on two special guests that have been on before. And we told you about them earlier, so it's no surprise. This is Neely Neely and Cecilia Cornette. Oh. <laughs> Hi. Or Cornelia and Cecilia. Oh. Exactly. Cornelia and Cecilia. Yeah, And they were previously on a quite popular episode, our Godzilla 98 episode, which has some pretty rave reviews. Once again, they brought us on for another great film. Yeah. We're going for the, the second best film we've watched <laughs> <laughs> after Godzilla 98. But last, last time we talked a little bit about the podcast in general, and we talked about what it was like to have husbands doing a podcast about Godzilla. So this time... We're jumping right in to the great content 
of this film. So <laughs> the first question I want to ask you all is, what were your first impressions after watching Super Monster? What were your first impressions of Gamera as a monster? And Neely, let's start with you. All right. I thought Gamera was adorable and <laughs> I liked him. Whenever I saw him flying through the sky for the first time with the little flame shooting out of his arm and leg holes, I <laughs> <laughs> I immediately thought of Blastoise or Mega Blastoise from Pokemon. Oh, okay. A little character that Theo likes and that I've seen a lot of. And so... I felt like, oh, he's like a cute little Pokemon. So <laughs> I liked that. That's a pretty good description of him because mm. he yeah. does look kind of Pokemon-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did you like the Macy's Day Parade uh, look I, of him? I think that was probably my favorite <laughs> version of Gamera. <laughs> no, my favorite mm. version of Gamera was the turtle that he released into the lake. Oh, yes. Oh, I know. Everyone's oh. favorite version of Gamera. That moment almost brought a tear to my eye. (laughs) I thought, you know, when I first saw Gamera, because like, I don't know if you meet, if if you're asking specifically what I thought about him in this movie, because I've seen Gamera quite a bit. Yeah, you've cut bits and pieces. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, watching this movie, I feel like it was kind of like I was cheating, because every time Alex would watch a Gamera movie... He would be amused by something and he'd pause it and he'd make me stop what I was doing so I could watch. So I felt like, I don't know, I felt like I kind of came into this movie with a little bit of like preconceived Like Like you had thought. seen, you're like, oh, I've seen this monster already. I've seen this monster before. He's great. And I love his little. Mm. Someone <laughs> once described, I don't know, maybe it was you, Eric. Described it as a the sound of a car crash. And I was like, that's pretty accurate. Because it sounds like wheels. Like, <laughs> Don't ruin his precious little rar for me. I like it. I wasn't complaining. Now, so you've seen aspects of each of these films. Neely, how, how many minutes of camera have, have you watched before watching Super Monster? <laughs> what are you trying to do right now? <laughs> Uh, zero. Eric oh. watches these films after I go to bed or <laughs> whenever I take the occasional afternoon nap with our two-year-old. So, uh, yeah, I've never seen Cameron. I, I like that because that means Neely has a completely fresh perspective and has not seen exactly. anything. So, so that's a, I wasn't I like trying it. to throw her under the bus. I was just saying. No, we, we know what you're doing, Eric. It's fine. <laughs> we know. <laughs> So, I know you all probably can't remember their names because they throw them at you so fast, but which monsters were your favorite that Gamera fought? Cece, you go first. Easily, hands down. I loved Barragon. Oh, you, did you like him because of that tongue action he had? No, not the tongue action, the rainbow. <laughs> His little rainbow made me so happy. Um, but I hated, is it Virus or Virus? The one that looked like a squid. Virus. He really made me uncomfortable. Like his little face, like I feel like I could have nightmares about that thing. He can't help that he was born with a beak. Listen, <laughs> listen, it's not even the beak. It's how close the beak is in relation to the eyes, how small it is compared to the rest of his you body. You like that he has a tiny face <laughs> on a big body? Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't know. It, it makes me physically uncomfortable when I saw him on the screen. So anyways, that's my answer. Neely? I would agree on the virus part. That one was 
can, probably the most lame in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> I actually liked Gaius, as I say it. Gauss, yeah. Oh, he's so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. I don't, maybe it was just because it was the first one. It had me more engaged and kind of like, I don't know, I was drawn into it. And all that he was doing with his laser beams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the fun. That's the but fun. then it went on for about 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, How many more monsters are there, Eric? And I'm um, like five. More. And I'm like, okay. And then I kind of checked out a little bit on each individual battle. And so I, I pretty much you. have to choose Gaius as my favorite because it's the one that I saw the most. That's you know what? I'm I'm very happy with your honesty. I liked that the bird how do you say his name again gauss gauss Gauss. i did i was kind of upset that he didn't spin because he's the one oh yeah he's the one that they they kill him by spinning him yeah yeah but they don't show that in the movie really Mm -mm. wow it's another example of reframing the stock footage in a creative way alex yeah yeah they did they did they did do (laughs) that a lot yeah uh last question here before we get into our awards Mm -hmm. Was there any charm to this movie for you, or were you just kind of baffled at the whole thing? This is notoriously considered one of the worst monster movies ever. So were you of that feeling, or did you find a little charm? And Neely, we'll start with you. I found it charming. I don't know (laughs) if I was in a weird mood or something, but I really fell in love with Kichi and his little turtle, and I just like Gamera overall, and I've never seen Gamera before, so I don't know. And I didn't know going into it that this was one of the lower-rated films, and so I kind of went into it like, this is what films are like every week that you watch. (laughs) I don't know what you're watching when I go to bed. So I I actually did find it charming. And maybe it's just because there was this cute little boy in it, but I don't know. And the pet turtle. Reminded you of Theo a little bit. The pet turtle reminded her of Theo? Asian Theo, Japanese Theo. No. Susie, <laughs> 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 what about, what about you? I, I think that I it, it did have its merits. It was charming in some parts because the little boy was just absolutely adorable. But I think... I think overall I was probably a little bit more baffled because it just felt so – it felt like a patchwork quilt <laughs> made into – like a movie that was a patchwork quilt. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and I tried to keep from telling Cece that there were so many clips, but – He did. He told I could, me. I couldn't help myself when they came up. I was like, oh, because I, I would like kind of talk to myself a little bit and kind of to her like, oh, wow, that's an interesting use of that footage. <laughs> She's like, is this the same footage? Is this old footage again? I was like, yeah. 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 He told me that at a least, lot of it was. At least half the movie is stock footage. Yeah. See, how old were the stock footage pieces that they put in? How old were those? Uh, about 15 years. Yeah. Okay. F- 15 <laughs> I mean, to 10 years old. Yeah. 15 to 10 years old. Well, that makes sense. Because I was kind of wondering about the effects of a 1980 film. But that's a whole other question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question for you guys because I feel like like just on watching Twitter and stuff and seeing conversations between you guys and other people, 
everybody always says, hey, you know, this movie sucks mm-hmm. or these movies are terrible. Do you think that when you go into a movie that that has any effect on the way that you view it? Because I feel like for the most part, you guys have been pretty favorable for most of these movies so far. But does it have any effect on the way that you actually view the movie in the moment? Uh. I think initially I was thinking it would, and then maybe it did for this one because this one is this one's supposed to be like awful, and overall I don't think it did. And I was initially like, oh yeah, these movies aren't that great, so maybe that's why I kind of like them because everyone told me these are awful. But as we kept going and getting to the worse and worse ones, I'm like, I'm starting to like these more and more, (laughs) like. So I'm starting to think that these just have not been given a fair shake and they've been given a bad reputation because of their ties to uh, Mystery Science Theater, which, Neely, I don't know if you know, but that's a comedy show where they make fun of movies. And they did most of these movies and made fun of them. And Mm -hmm. so I think that really contained a large swath of the audience's perspective, especially if that's how they were first introduced. Mm -hmm. And I think... A lot of them are wrong. I think these are. I mean, not not that they're like. Obviously, opinions are everyone. Everyone's everyone got has them. an opinion, and but it's valid. I think these don't deserve the hate that they get. Overall, what about you, Eric? No, I think I think we can't help but be a little bit influenced by seeing other people's takes mm-hmm. on, on certain films. But generally speaking, what it does is it just kind of sets my expectation, and usually my expectation guides my viewing. I had such low expectations for this when it actually sort of made sense. I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is something, you know? (laughs) Now what's funny is, uh, CC, you described it as a patchwork. Alex described it as Frankenstein's monster. Did you (laughs) kind of functions the exact same way? I I think you guys are on the same page there. High five, babe. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. You know, once I saw that this had space women that were just essentially superheroes, I was all on board. Well, my question Uh is where, where did like, like I know that their home was destroyed. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. like, are there more of them on earth? Why did they choose earth? They could have gone anywhere. These are, these are the, the backstories that you just don't, need to know (laughs) 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 these are the ones that fan comics uh we're gonna get matt frank to create the kind of the backstory for the space women yeah Um, he's already agreed to it don't ask questions everybody (laughs) 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 anyway let's go ahead and get into our awards then and as is customary, Alex, we'll start with you for our coolest character award. Uh yeah, my coolest character has to be Xenon. Because <laughs> he is the most forgiving and kind villain we've ever seen. He just gives he gives Garouge so many second chances. There's a, you can't help but like the guy. Like you know, he really cares about her. He wasn't gonna hurt her. He was just kind of threatening her life a little bit. And then uh. when she <laughs> and then when he does kill her, it was on accident. She lied yeah. to him. So yeah. he he never actually killed anybody in this movie and it's never clear if xanon is a monster within the ship or is the ship itself well that's kind of the why he's so cool you don't know what he is mm. he's, he's up to your mind he could I have been it was just a voice in the sky he could he could have been he could have been gamma all along we don't Ooh, know that's a that's a <laughs> conspiracy theory if i've ever heard one i picture him just being kind of like uh who's that guy in star wars who's got like the red hair and he's mm-hmm. like a little 
He's like a little. Mm. He's in the newer ones. No, oh, he's just like he's, he's a like, bad guy. Yeah, he's a bad guy. I don't know who he is. Gerald Hux. Gerald Hux. Yeah. Wow. Sure. How did you even get close? Listen, <laughs> you guys. Before we had Gwen, Alex was like, "We got to go see one last movie before we have a kid," and he made me go see Star Wars. And the I, Last Jedi. It was. It's, I know. And Cece's not yeah. a Star Wars fan. She hated it. So. But I feel like it's etched in my brain now. It is. It's etched in mine as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, anyway. Alex. Speaking of the Last Jedi, real quick before we get to Cece's award. Oh no! Did you do you think that you know Ryan Johnson had Super Monster in mind when uh, he filmed the infamous uh, Kamikaze Star Destroyer uh, mm. scene? Yeah. Because oh, definitely. Gamera. You know, it definitely was Gamera Super Monster that I think influenced that famous moment from The Last Jedi. Yeah, well, what I really liked that he took from Super Monster as well was recycling ideas from previous movies. I thought that he did that really well, too. (laughs) Oh, wait, he didn't do any of that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Anyway, we could keep going. But, Cece, who do you have for your coolest character award? My coolest character award was hands down the mom. Mm. Yeah. Because I feel like she, number one, she actually, like, I don't know, she was nice to her kid. And I've seen in some of the other movies, they're just like, oh, go away, I'm working. Mm. And this one was like, you know, oh, you know, for instance, there was one part where she's cleaning a plant with a dish towel. Mm -hmm. I don't know why she's doing that, but that plant made multiple appearances. (laughs) It did. It did. I actually, I took note of that. And it was in different houses, too, I believe. Does anyone have that as their coolest character? (laughs) Well, the reason I picked the mom was because I I get this. When her kid comes home with a turtle, it's like, I didn't agree to take care of a turtle. She knows he's not going to be cleaning up after that turtle. He's not going to be taking care of that turtle. Mm -hmm. She's going to be cleaning up that cage. So she's like, hey, we should see, you know, if he's be happier elsewhere in a bigger, you know, out in the open. Mm. And then sure enough, her plan works. If we asked that to Gwen, Gwen would just say, no, he wants to stay in his cage. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then we'd have a turtle clean up after. Yeah, and she would probably give us a really good reason. Yeah, yeah, she probably would. But <laughs> that's why I picked the mom. I think that she's she knows what she's doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. like her. Respect. Now, I'm starting to worry that no one is going to choose Kalara here. Uh, uh, she who- was my original. And then I was like, wait, Zenon's the best bad guy we've ever had because he's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kalara... <laughs> Kalara was going to be my choice, because, but I thought someone surely would take Kalara. So, um, because she's awesome and she's just. Did you know a little uh, fun fact is that she was a pro wrestler in real life? Oh, oh. which makes sense. Wow, nearly with the with the research. Wow, it's true. look at it's this. True. Yeah. Well, that fight scene. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that fight scene between her and my coolest character that I actually chose, Garuge. Right, mm-hmm. who was the that- alien space woman bad guy? What I like about her is her character arc. Right, she actually becomes this redeemable character as this movie progresses. Um, once again, channeling the spirit of maybe the Last Jedi, you know, Alex. <laughs> but she becomes that redeemable character, um, and it, it surprises me a little bit. Uh, you know, she she threatens to kill herself at one point. But ultimately, she decides that she would rather be reincarnated in this life among people as beautiful and innocent as Kichi and the space woman. And who can blame her, really? The one thing that got <laughs> me about her was when she like held the the little laser beam up to her head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, that's Remember pretty heavy sh- for a kid's movie. Remember when she shot herself in the leg? 
Oh, that was amazing. Uh, <laughs> Nothing went right for Garuga the entire time. Yeah, she had a, a tough go of it. Mm, yeah, remember when she but, sacrificed herself for no reason? She could have jumped out of the way. She could have jumped into <laughs> well, a bush. She could have been like, the coordinates are the bush behind me. <laughs> they didn't verify the kill. They didn't verify the kill. <laughs> yeah, I, she made me uncomfortable when she kind of gets Kichi to kind of just go along with her at a random yeah, place. Well, yeah, well, see, here's the thing about that, that sacrifice – uh, of Gruga, she, you know, I think she sacrifices herself and, and places the coordinates on herself because she knows that Xanon will not stop until he believes that the space women are gone, right? And so once she is eliminated, he has no communication there on Earth. She could have taken off her little walk and stepped on it. Or or she could have waited five more minutes and Gamera would have killed himself. Or until. you know what she could have done? <laughs> she could have put her watch on the ground and said, here's the coordinate. I was very impressed with how quickly Xanon shot the little laser. Yeah, as pretty. soon as she said, it it's right fast. here, and then boom. It's accurate. But, oh, it was fast. I don't know. If I mean, you I, give, If you gave Garuge another chance, I'm sure she would have done things differently. I would say, I don't know about coolest character, but definitely most complex. Most complex. Yes. There you go. There yeah. you go, Neely. All right, who'd you have, Neely? Uh, hands down, Kichi. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we said he's adorable, but he really was. And I just, he was my favorite character. Good choice. Yeah, he's I cute. Fair. I mean, he, he, he is the most prone to be kidnapped character I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most susceptible to kidnapping, Kichi Award. <laughs> Uh, what about most memorable line award? CC, we'll start with you this time. I, you know, when we watched this, I was just so captivated by everything on the screen that I didn't even really take note of lines. But I did remember this one. It gave me a little chuckle. But it was right after the fight. Was it with Virus where they're uh, on the beach? He, he fought, it's mm-hmm. before Virus. He fought Zegra. Zegra. So after Zegra, you know, they watch it on the beach after he teleports with uh, the woman. And... The fight's over, and she's like, okay, how about we wait? Wait, there might be another monster coming along to the beach. Don't you want to stay? And then the little kid is just like, I've had enough. I'm ready to go, and he runs off. But he says it so, Mm. you know, what's the word? With conviction. I'm going. Mm -hmm. Which I feel like a kid would want to see another, you know. Yeah, this is the most unrealistic moment of the movie. For me, (laughs) what child would not want to see monsters coming of age moments that you mentioned, Alex? It's just a coming of age moment, man. You're right. It is. No, but I, I do like that. And that, I think that was what moment you and me both. Yeah, laugh, it gave me a little giggle. Laughing at him. <laughs> he just, yeah, casually. Yeah, casually, just like, no, I'm ready to go. Bye. <laughs> and he runs away or tries to run away. Yeah. Uh, you know, Alex, I was thinking about that coming of age theme that you brought up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I don't think when he has, uh, or when Gruge wakes up, you know, and he's been sleeping with her, I don't think there's any single thing. You could have phrased it better, I think, but yeah. Yeah, probably could have phrased that, but I don't think there's anything (laughs) suggestive there. No, no. We've talked about, we've talked about how he's coming of age and he has these, these friends that are the space women. He's like six years old. I know, just listen. And and he's, he's coming (laughs) of age in a way where he's learning to care about other people. That's true. Right? He starts off caring about this turtle, Gamera, but the space women are teaching him to care kind of about others, right? Uh, mm. But what I'll say is <laughs> a line that I really liked was speaking of, I know, Cece, you love the mom. This was a line from the mom uh, to Garuge, 
right? And she said, he's still only a child, but he has always wanted a sister. And what did Kichi call all of the, the girls in this entire movie? Yeah, sister. sister. Right? And that was a moment that just hit home. You know, he wanted a sister. That's why he's like attracted to to all these girls. And, and I, I just thought it was a, a cool moment that explained why he was calling them all sister. I just thought it was this nice phrase hmm. that he was using over and over again. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I just. Maybe the translation. That's yeah. what I, I thought it was a bad translation. That's what, that was why yeah. I chalked it up too. But huh. maybe it wasn't. Hmm. Maybe it wasn't. It was that line. If 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 it was the translation, that's a shame because I really like that little no, touch. No, it's a good touch. I always wanted a sister. Yeah. Uh, Neely, what did you have for your most memorable line? Well, mine's not really a line, so I'm probably cheating. It's more of a song. <laughs> but it was my favorite. It's definitely most memorable as it pops up throughout the movie. And whenever Kichi is singing... His Gamera March that he wrote for his pet turtle. Um, that was my favorite. And I will just play a few seconds of it so we can all get it stuck in our heads again for the rest of the week. Here we go. Let's hear it. Now we need Kyoe to give us a translation of that song because oh, yeah. we did not have uh, <laughs> translation in our version. For some reason, yeah, there was no on. subtitles. Yeah, we'll have to get that. Mm. Yeah, so all I heard was... Gamera. Gamera. That was so good. Alex, what about you, man? What was your most memorable line? Yeah, uh, mine is the line from... Uh, our main space woman, Kalara, when she says, Kichi, you're a spaceman now. And <laughs> indicating that he's finally become a man. Ooh. But really, <laughs> I, I think, Eric, you know, we're, you and me, we're kind of building a theme as we go throughout this episode. And what you said makes this even more interesting because when Doesn't he Doesn't it make sense though, Alex? It's starting it to. Sense. It's it's really starting yeah. to make sense. It does. Right? So when he picks up when he picks up the turtle, he picks it up just for himself. Right, wow. and then his mom kind of ushers him to think about someone, something else other than himself. Which you know, kids only think about themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so he get, he puts Gamera away, and then her line comes not long after he says, "Is the Earth safe or peaceful now, or something like that?" Mm-hmm. Showing that he mm-hmm. cares about everybody. Yeah, Ooh, and so man. yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm getting on Ooh. board with this thing. You guys are getting. Deep. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, what about your can't believe that acting award? <laughs> oh, I don't know if we're reaching or not. Um, so <laughs> mine I is honestly uh, don't know if we're reaching. I actually think it's true. I think it might be too. All right. Anyway, so my award is uh Kichi crying after Gamera dies. It's like mm-hmm. the best acting I think I've ever seen. So in one fluid motion, he goes from duck face to ugly cry to I just ate something sour to a lip bite. All in mm. one fluid motion. He did. To indicate his grief. There's just, a lot of emotion there. It was, pow- it was, it was powerful. <laughs> Neely, who do you have for your Can't Believe That Acting Award? Uh, mine was Kichi with his two friends whenever they went to find their who they thought was the police officer from their comic with the pet turtle. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, Kichi was the best actor out of the three of them by far, but they just made the funniest little faces whenever he pretended that he was like, I'm going to have you arrested. And they were all like, ah, and like jumped up in the air <laughs> real silly. And then they were like, once they realized he was just kidding, then they kind of all made this like sigh of relief face. Yeah. And it was really funny. Really silly and cute. It was. It really I, was. I really expected that police officer to be in the movie more. So did I. Yeah. Yeah. I think, mm. it, yeah, that could have been an int- I mean, you think back to, is it Virus that had that character in it more? I think it was. Oh, uh, yeah, um, I think so. So, yeah, it's interesting he didn't come back because it would have fit in with the rest of the show era movies, I thought. But, Cece, who did you have for your Can't Believe That Acting Award? Well, Eric, since you took my answer, <laughs> um, mine was the guy in the car when one of the space women, she gets out of her car. She just decides to transform right in front of everybody because her car's stuck in traffic for some reason. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what, what? Like, what did I just say? <laughs> but <laughs> What, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought that he was uh, a, a gem, a gem in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a gem. Yeah. Now, my I can't believe the acting award goes to the female wrestler nearly informed <laughs> us of, Mak Fumiake, who played Kalara during Kichi's Gamera March that he plays for the Space Women. You know, she's having a great time and smiling. And then right in the middle of the song, she gets this realization. And it's a realization, I'm not quite sure of what, but <laughs> it's a realization of determination of poise and of one epic fist of fury yes. right yes <laughs> such a serious face such a serious fist you couldn't help but absolutely love that moment i do remember that she's like really happy <laughs> and into his song mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she gets really serious it's like it's uh-huh. slow well fist and then when he finishes too. singing she goes then right back like, to being happy yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, she has was, so many layers. Yeah. <laughs> As do most of these characters we're finding out, Alex. <laughs> yeah, Neely, what was your standout effect award? Um, mine is well, I felt all the effects were kind of similar in their level of impressiveness. <laughs> <laughs> but uh if I had to choose one I mean, it was towards the beginning with Gauss and the um, like yellow laser beams shooting mm-hmm. um, jets and vehicles in half. And it was literally like a yellow pin yeah. marker like wrote across <laughs> the screen. Yeah. You know, it wasn't even like it didn't even look like it was in the film. It, just, it was just funny that every time I shot across, I just thought it looked silly. But I, I think stood we... out to me. We found out in our episode with Matt from Monstrosities, Eric, that that effect cost, what, $1,000 each time they did it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, see, what about that? That is impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, to be honest, though, they didn't pay for those because they just used footage from other films for those. Oh, right, right. <laughs> These were free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my, my standout effect was the organ teleportation door. Um, mm. Partially just because I like the off-the-wall nature of that idea. It's so ridiculous, it makes me smile. Um, 
you know, and it reminds me, it reminds me of a similar kind of fantasy device in the, uh, his dark materials trilogy. I don't know if you all have, have read that there's an HBO show golden compass um, now, but it's, it's interesting, but I like that device. And I mean, I think, Whenever there's that moment when Kichi runs through that like square into the room, yeah. it's just you're like, what just happened? It was actually pretty well done and put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked it. I liked yeah. it. It was I a good effect. You. Yeah. Uh, I go, I'll go next. Mine was the right. van turning into a spaceship the first time, mm. where it turns into just that little brown stain on the film, and it just floats away, <laughs> like this little yellowy brown stain. Uh-huh. I'd say it's more orangey. It's horrendous. It doesn't matter what color it is. <laughs> it is one of the worst effects I think I've ever seen. Like, like there's zero effort put into it. They're just like, hey, kid, get over here with a highlighter. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. What about you, Cece? I, you know, there are tons of jump cuts, like where they lock the camera off and then they pause the camera mm-hmm. and then somebody appears in the shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, I used to make little videos all the time with my friends when I was a kid and we used to do those type of jump shots all the time to like appear on camera like, woo. Mm-hmm. So they used that a lot. And I noticed at the very beginning of the film, they were done very poorly because the camera would be moved when the person would appear. Right. And it's very oh, obvious yeah. when that happens. But there was one of those that I thought was done very well. I think that it was a, a locked off jump cut, but it was when Garouge, however you say her name Garouge is, Garouge, when she was in the crowd of walking people, she appeared in the crowd of walking people, but all the people that are moving around her, it looks like it was cut together very well. Like yeah. everybody stopped hmm. at the right spot. Like- Man, expert jump cut. <laughs> yeah. Jump cut. I mean, the, the, but me and Cece rewound it several times. Yeah. Cause- and we were like, the extras are like perfectly where they need to be. Yeah. Wow. If they, and I mean, it's possible they may have used some other technique for that shot, but I don't it know what felt it like a jump cut. Yeah. It so, was. I don't I mean, know. Yeah. It was awesome. Man, Susie knows a good jump cut when she sees it with all that personal experience. I sure do, <laughs> Neely. <laughs> well, that leaves us with our last award, the Oh, That's a Good Shot Award. I'll start us first on this one. Mine. It's there was a sunset in here. It was a stock footage <laughs> sunset, but I'm gonna actually go with a quick shot from the girl on girl fight scene, our space woman on space woman fight mm. scene. Mm-hmm. I should say is more appropriate. Yes. Um, the jacket toss from Garuge, <laughs> the skirt rips off, and she has her jacket. She rips it off, and she spins it like three times in just a really flowing. Mm-hmm. That is where Garouge, that is when Garouge stole your heart. That's why she's your coolest character. When she took that jacket off and spun it around, you were like, oh, girl. And one thing we have learned, if we haven't learned anything else, is that we can't say Garouge, 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 Garouge. I think it's Garouge, Alex. is the only one who has said it right. I'm a big fan of the last one that Eric just said. (laughs) Garouge. Cece, what did you have for your oh, that's a good shot award? You know, I had a lot of a lot of trouble trying to figure out which shot that I wanted because nothing particularly stood out to me too much. At first, I chose just the shot of that beautiful plaid bag that they live in, outside, like lying on its side on the ground Mm. after Rouge gets rid of their van. But then I was like, that's Mm -hmm. almost too simple and boring. So, uh, my favorite is the last shot of. 
Keiichi and Kilara flying over Japan at the very end. They're just like, ah, just, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Happy. Almost chose one of those, of those, like, little superhero and it's just, flying through It's the, the symbolism of that ending scene, right, Alex? That just really hits the theme home, I think. <gasps> yeah. But yeah. Neely, Neely. <laughs> so many themes. <laughs> Neely, what did you have for the, oh, that's a good shot award? Mine was a simple and cheesy one because I don't actually have the eyes to find a, a good shot in film. There, I don't there, think. You might need contacts, there, though. There, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean what shot wasn't a good shot in this film though <laughs> okay. CC, or not nearly <laughs> well i went with um a couple times they show a close-up of the pet turtle's face You're so uh, cute. specifically whenever the first time we hear kichi play his little da, 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 <laughs> march for him and um he looks at over at him so lovingly and then like we get a like this is for you bud and then like we get a, we get a close-up of gamera little pet turtle's face it was just just looking it. endearingly at Ki- back at Kichi. Yeah. It's great. Doesn't he great. wink at yeah, one point? Yeah, I think he winks. <laughs> yeah, he does wink at one point. It's like, uh, good job, buddy. That's got to be a gift somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what about you? Uh, mine's got to be that just awe-inspiring opening scene with the Star Destroyer I've, descending I've over the top. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. I, have you seen anything like that before? No. 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 It's uh, not a direct like copy of... Uh, what What would you call it? Nothing. Star Wars? <laughs> Star Wars? What is Neely talking about? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if Star Wars did that exact shot in their opening. No. I, I don't no. know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Zama. Last part of the show is really our rating and ranking. And we know you all don't have any place to kind of rank this, really. Um, within the Gamera series you've seen so far. What are you talking so about? I review these kinds of films all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Except Neely. You know, she is the Gamera expert. She knew more about the backstory and, and the actors than we did. So, sure did. Yeah, uh, yeah, Neely, if you feel inclined, go ahead and rate it among the Heisei era as well. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Done. And since I know you've read the comics, you can just tell us where it falls within the comic canon as well. <laughs> okay. Okay? But... In all seriousness, let's start with Cece for her rating of this film. Uh, I would probably give it a 2.5 out of 5. Oh. Because I didn't like, honestly, it was, it was, it kept my attention almost the entire time. Like I did fall asleep at the very end. Well, but it wasn't like you fell asleep while watching. You're like, all right, it's late. I'm tired. Let's finish. Yeah, we finished. Yeah, exactly. But I think that. It was kind of disorienting in parts, just with the way that things kind of flowed. I feel like it could have had better transitions between scenes, but um, yeah, two point five. That's what I'm going to give it. It's pretty good. Thanks, babe. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, Neely, what you got? Well, um, well, considering the the truthfully, if I have to be honest, the last film I ranked was Godzilla ninety eight. So these are kind of weird to. Uh, compare, but I said two out of five for this one. I think I gave Godzilla 98 a 1.5, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed this one more. Like, it just felt a little less like it was trying to be super serious, and it, I found it more endearing. And so I gave it a two for that very mm. reason. That's a good, a good number, Neely. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Alex, uh, 
What you going for, man? I'm debating still. Uh, you know, this has been a nice surprise. I didn't expect good characters. I just expected a rehash plot with like this little loose thread in between all of it. Mm-hmm. And the thread was much tighter than I expected. And so, uh, with the message that we have slowly constructed here on this podcast, Eric, <laughs> adding that into it and adding like really genuinely interesting characters, like we've got three of the best female characters probably that we've seen in quite some time now. I I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a two point five out of five, but I really enjoyed this one actually. Overall, I'm still surprised. <laughs> where does that Where does that fall in your ranking? Uh, that's third from the bottom, so that's above the original camera and above Zegra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I can't believe I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, well, honestly, Alex, I'm right there with you. I'm going to give this film a 2.5 out of five, um, which I really can't believe it. Like. I, I watched this film and then I went over to Letterboxd and I was looking at people's scores. Um, you know, people that I know have listened to this podcast, they're giving it a half a star and a star, right? The Kaiju yeah. Apostle podcast, David, he gave it a half a star. Mm. And wow. this is this is David who loves All Monsters Attack. Mm. Gave this film a half a star. So really, I, really I was, calling out David here. I, I'm calling out yeah. David, David right here, right now. <laughs> yeah, David David is kind of embarrassing, I guess, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, David. I know you listen. I'm sorry. <laughs> but honestly, though, I, I just don't understand. In all seriousness, I'm not trying to have a hot take when I give this film a 2.5 out of 5. I just don't understand the hate that it gets. I, I think there actually are some messages in this film. I know we've kind of said we've constructed some messages, but I actually don't think it's that much of a construction. And I also think like the whole meta narrative is interesting and the stock footage is excessive, um, but it is, it does work within the narrative and the characters are interesting. So with that said, I think 2.5 is, is a fair score. And I think it falls I think currently it falls fifth um, of the Showa era films, but I am doing a reevaluation of the entire list for next week's Showa era. Wow. Gamera Showa era showdown, Alex. I'm impressed. I, I want to do one because I feel like I was maybe a little hard on the early era, on that first few, but yeah. we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We will see. Mm. Now, uh, before we do our rhyme time and closing, I, I do want to say MVM Plus this week. I believe Cece and Neely are going to join us for MVM Plus. And as far as topics go, I do want to ask Neely about her first celebrity crush because she missed out on that one from a Ooh. couple weeks ago. Um, I do want to up, give an update on our viewing of The Circle because Neely and I have started that. Oh, and of course, I'm sure we'll talk some kaiju at some point for those that don't care about celebrity crushes <laughs> and The Circle. <laughs> um, but if you want to hear that bonus mini-sode in the entire backlog of episodes, MVM Plus episodes, you can subscribe over at patreon.com slash Pod for just $2. But before we sign off, let's get into these rhymes. Um, Neely, did you come up with a rhyme for us this time? I did. Ooh. I did. Uh, speaking, you just mentioned a couple minutes ago the 
Gamera Showa Era Showdown mm-hmm. they have coming up. Yep. All right. So here we go. See if you get the reference. In next week's Gamera Showa Era Showdown, will Eric and Alex go nuts or will it be a slice in the guts? Theo might call it a swice in the guts. Swice. Love it. That's awesome. Uh, Cece, did you have a rhyme for us this time? I can come up with one really quickly. Oh, my. So you and Alex do the exact same thing. Yeah. Come up with rhymes up on the spot. Yeah. We we get along. Um, oh, uh, mine's going to be. You want me to go ahead and give you give you a buffer? Because I just came up with mine. No. No, right. I've got mine. Uh, okay. Uh, right. Next week, are Eric and Alex going to fight about camera? If they do, don't worry, guys. I'll get it on camera. <laughs> 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 That's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, Alex, what you got? Uh, yeah, so it's the Gamera Showa era showdown. What film will take the crown? What we pick will make you frown. Oh, no. <laughs> That's probably true. It's probably true. It's probably it probably true. is true when we pick Gamera Super Monster as our top film from the Showa era. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the one that's going to leave the biggest effect on me, so maybe it will be. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one that has... Allowed you to come of age a little bit, Alex. That's right. I feel like I've turned a corner, and I'm just now hitting my midlife crisis now. I'm going to call you from now on Alex Spaceman. (laughs) I feel like a real man now. (laughs) Uh, My rhyme is this. When the men reach the bend of the Showa era's end, which films will ascend and which will offend? Ooh. Oh my, how long did you spend on that? <laughs> Three hours. Yeah, like four rhyming words there. <laughs> Eric always goes above and beyond with his rhyming. And Alex always comes up with it on the spot and yep. still has better rhymes. This is, it's, a, it's a shame. <laughs> Neely woke up this morning. Eric's hair is like all standing up. He's got these dark, sagging lines under his eyes. And she's like, what's, what are you, what's wrong? He's like, I've been trying to get four words to rhyme. <laughs> But that's it for this week. Uh, Once again, catch us on MVM Plus. Um, Also, as Alex said at the top of the show, honestly, those reviews on iTunes really help other people find us, which encourages us uh, and helps us keep doing what we're doing. But as always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. On Letterboxd, we're Eric Neely. And sometimes Alex Cornett, when he decides to get on, you can email us, <laughs> mvmpod at gmail.com, or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senor Honda, and you, the listener, for listening. Yes. Also thanks to our executive producer, Michael Herndon. Until next week, try... try. I did it my own pace. Yeah, this time. Oh my gosh.
You say yeah this time. I oh. Every week I hear Eric go when he talks to the guests. Uh, yeah, we're supposed to do this in sync, but Alex messes it up every time. Oh, Neely, have you listened to an episode? <laughs> Maybe it comes. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 